Hello and welcome to the Ask the Geographer podcast series from the Department of Education and Outdoor Learning at the Royal Geographical Society with IBG. I'm Harry. In each podcast, I'll meet geographers from around the world to ask them about topical events, timely publications and geographical research. Today we're joined by Dr Jess Hope from the University of St Andrews and geography teacher Grace Healy. Jess is a lecturer in the School of Geography and Sustainable Development, focusing on political ecology, resource extraction and territorial movements in Latin America, especially in Bolivia. She is also the chair of the RGS Development Geographies Research Group. Grace is a geography teacher, curriculum director at the David Ross Education Trust, chair of the Geographical Association's Teacher Education Phase Committee, and also serves on the Royal Geographical Society's Council as Honorary Secretary for Education. So you've made a resource about sustainable development in Bolivia. Could you quickly introduce it, please? Yeah, so um, after Grace and I met at the RGS conference, um, Grace pitched the idea of us trying to create a resource to teach sustainable development from Bolivia um, within schools. And I thought it was an absolutely brilliant idea. And we approached the RGS and applied for one of the innovative teaching grants. And since then, we have been developing this resource. So in brief, what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide a set of lessons for schools to teach sustainable development, but in in a way complicated by geography, first and foremost. So what does it mean to think about and learn sustainable development, not as a broad, very vague, defined term, but actually is something that is being figured out and implemented in a particular place. And that place for us is Bolivia. And that's for the reasons that we've just briefly introduced about some of the complicated um, dynamics of sustainability there and for some of the things that we'll elaborate throughout the podcast. Um, and also because it allows us to kind of take a scalar approach to thinking about the local scale, the national scale, and also global scale. You know, how actually are our lives and our student lives um, connected to what's happening in Bolivia around energy and resource extraction? And then the other big, huge sort of primary focus of this resource is to lead with the voices and filmed voices and interviews of certain lowland indigenous leaders in Bolivia and to really lead with their ideas about what the sustainable development project is, what sustainability issues are for them, and how this links to their own long-running struggles for um, territory and autonomy. So we're really trying to also shift expertise to them and really take their views and experiences most seriously within the resource. Could we start by explaining who you both are and what links a university doctor and a geography teacher together? Uh, Grace, maybe you first. Uh, thank you, Harry. So I do very much identify first and foremost as a geography teacher, um, but um, I also lead curriculum and teacher development work and a curriculum team of trust-wide subject leads across a trust. And, and particularly in my PhD research, I've been working with geography teachers um, to research um, the role disciplinary knowledge plays in their professional practice, and um, particularly trying to explore um, how they engage with the epistemology of geography and norms of knowledge production and how knowledge is constructed and how that can shape their 
um, geography, curriculum thinking and teaching. And actually, this is really pertinent to actually what links um, Jess and I, because um, I actually spent um, a little bit of time at the RGS conference in back in 2018 um, as a geography teacher wanting to kind of engage with what, you know, what was going on in geography research uh, and heard Jess and other colleagues um, presenting that section about some of the research they were doing and got very excited for its potential um, and, and in terms of knowledge exchange across schools um, and universities and seeing the benefit of actually um, kind of orientating some of Jess's research to what we were able to do in school with school students. Jess, you've worked extensively on Bolivia and have several papers which are accessible via your University of St Andrews profile webpage. What are you researching currently? Um, well, thank you. And thank you for appointing people to my webpage. I've only just started amassing papers, so I am thrilled. Um, yeah, I've been working on Bolivia since my PhD, which I did with uh, Professor Dan Brockington at the Global Development Institute in Manchester. And originally I went to Bolivia because... I was interested in work he was doing on neoliberal conservation. And then I started to learn more and more about all this exciting stuff that was happening in Bolivia, where social movements were fighting against neoliberal reforms and demanding a post-neoliberal government, a post-neoliberal politics, a post-neoliberal world. And I went there to um, find out what that meant for conservation and for kind of laws and practices around conservation and nature. So I did that for my PhD, and then I got interested in what was happening around mining and resource extraction, which was predominantly fossil fuel extraction from hydrocarbons and natural gas. And then when I finished my PhD, I went and did some work on the take-up of the Sustainable Development Goals in Bolivia, because one thing that was surprising me was that the, the, um, the country was increasing their reliance on resource extraction, including fossil fuel extraction, at the same time as signing up to the Sustainable Development Goals. And at the same time as that, large international NGOs who were working in the country were working on the Sustainable Development Goals and not working with, publicly, the indigenous-led territorial movements who were, who were trying to fight against extraction in their territory. So there was all sorts of strange contradictions that that led me back there to think about really what that meant for how the sustainable development agenda is progressing. And then more recently, I've got interested in huge, ambitious, devastating plans for transport infrastructure across the Amazon. So major highways, ports, railways, um, and and there have been long-running plans for this kind of this kind of infrastructural network in Latin America as a way to link resource extraction to ports to global markets. But now plans are also being pitched as part of the sustainable development agenda because you need good infrastructure to ensure economic growth and to ensure particular kinds of development outcomes. So that's what I'm moving into now is thinking about some of the contradictions about what, how we can start to think that a sort of five lane motorway is part of a sustainable development agenda. Turning our attention to Bolivia, can we can we take a, a step back and and just talk about what the country is like? Uh, and could uh, you describe the landscape for us? Well, um, I mean, I can tell you that it's the most amazing country, and I think everybody should go and visit it. It's such an exciting place politically. It's such a diverse place. Um, I find it a really amazing place because I think that some of the the 
content of what's being debated, you know, what what rights are, what land rights are, what the government should do, um, what knowledges we should think about, they're much more exciting than the kind of political debates that we have in our country. And and the and I think often what's being sort of determined is much more significant in terms of in terms of citizenship, in terms of access to land, in terms of who owns what. It's an incredible country. And in recent years, it has really been at the forefront of some of the most progressive politics around challenging um, neoliberal reforms and sort of wider processes of global capitalism, as well as probably at the forefront of some of um, kind of extractive capitalism's frontiers. Um, but it's also just incredible. You know, it has the Andes and lowland Amazonian regions. Top- topographically, it's pretty amazing as well. Um, and it's just an incredible place to visit. Um, but for our resource, you know, it's interesting because it also encapsulates a lot of sort of contradictions and issues around sustainable development, namely or primarily in terms of commitments to resource extraction at the same time as other voices trying to claim different kinds of um, territorial politics, ownership, governance of land, ideas about nature and conservation. So it's a kind of perfect case study to think through some major themes um, that affect a sustainable uh, sustainable development. And maybe I could just talk a little bit about why we chose it for the resource, because that wasn't really the only reason. Um, and one thing that Grace and I have both come across is sometimes an assumption that we've chosen Bolivia as a kind of generic example of Latin America or just a country, a developing country. And and I guess it's sort of important to say that that's not why we have chosen to focus on Bolivia. So, so we've selected Bolivia because it is a place where ideas about sustainable sustainability and sustainable development are being both developed and challenged in the face of unsustainable practices of resource extraction. And we're much more interested in Bolivia as a place where important sort of social and political and environmental questions are really being um, thrashed out in very exciting ways um, and in ways that I think the world can learn a lot from. And we've, we've, and we'll come to this later, but, you know, we're, we're asking certain indigenous leaders from lowland Bolivia you know, about their experiences, about their ideas, about their campaigns, and using that as a starting point for the resource. So it's it's much more about Bolivia being a key case study and also a kind of leader in some of these, um, some of this environmental, sort of social environmental politics, much more than it being about a country from the global south or an example of Latin America. And we hope that's really clear in the resource. Grace, Jess has obviously just mentioned that Bolivia captures the contradictions and, and issues around some of the uh, SDGs. Do you have anything to add about why uh, Bolivia was chosen as the focus of your resource? Yeah, so I think I'd also like to just pick up on one of the things that um, Jess was saying as well, because she was talking about this kind of notion of not picking it as a generic example of a developing country or a representative of Latin American countries. And definitely when we started to kind of share this resource to geography teachers, um, you know, they were kind of intrigued and, you know, wanting to know why we chose 
as a kind of case study, but also wanting to kind of see it potentially as a generic um, case study because of the nature of geography curriculum and development and the way that actually um, in specifications for exams, actually you have to you have to justify your choice around actually dividing the world into these kind of categories. And actually, I think the way that we and Jess has kind of put forward the rationale there actually stops people from thinking that that is the way that we are we've made that choice um, actually it is you know interesting and insightful um, you know just because and I think I was very much caught when I went to go and see um, Jess's research back in 2018 and hear her talk about Bolivia I just thought this is so fascinating because it turns on the head on its head um, some of the things that we perhaps were kind of talking about around sustainable development uh, and sustainable development goals at the time because actually um, as a geography teacher you don't have instant access to the kind of ongoing and interesting research that geographers are doing um, to be able to kind of see actually that um, Jess's work and her colleagues work were, were also kind of problematizing the sustainable development goals in countries um, like Bolivia because of their kind of interesting and insightful ways that um, indigenous leaders are kind of have the notions around um, sustainable development and actually perhaps challenge our notions of development. And so I think it allows us to perhaps unpick um, things that have dominated the way that we look at development in school geography. Um, and so I think it, it very much is about that, the idea that this this kind of choice allows us to yeah, problematise things and add complexity, um, but a, a kind of complexity that helps us, uh, helps students engage with the world in a kind of way that they don't just see, um, you know, a kind of them and us and learn and a kind of divide and seeing development as just about kind of numerical indicators and things like that. Under President Bolsonaro in, in neighbouring Brazil, the Amazon suffered a 12-year high, I think, in deforestation. What are the current sustainability challenges in Bolivia? Well, I mean, Bolivia, I mean, I've sort of briefly mentioned it, but, you know, I think Bolivia is often, uh, there's a lot of research happening in Bolivia and around Latin America about this huge turn to resource extraction, including fossil fuel extraction. Um, so a real ramping up and intensification of um, extraction. So people like, um, there's an Argentinian sociologist called Maristela Svampa, and she's written about the shift across the region from the Washington consensus, which drove the kind of um, opening up of the region to global capitalism and neoliberalism in the sort of 90s, to a commodities consensus now, which is a kind of new kind of political project where everything is being aligned to um, uh, an extractive project, you know, and to sort of global markets on resource extraction. So it's new frontiers for resource extraction that's really transforming not just uh, landscapes, but also politics and citizenship and all sorts of related um, uh, issues. So that's the kind of main focus for my work and also for our resource, um, particularly because it isn't just a sort of local or regional politics. You know, it is about global metabolisms for energy and also for other kinds of resources. Extractive-led development is a, an, a, an excellent term for geography students to pick up. Um, why is development a contested term? Grace, do you want to take this one? Yeah, so in terms of, I think development is a contested term because... Um, 
you know, we have got, we've got definitely in kind of school geography, there's this notion of um, kind of a Western perspective of development and what it means. And, and I think this um, kind of particular case study that we're looking at here actually perhaps turns that on its head and allows us to look at it and kind of expose and disrupt um, that discourse. Um, and realise that actually, and particularly kind of foregrounding the interviews, which we'll talk about later, actually hearing directly from Indigenous leaders that if you ask them the question, what does development mean to you, they actually it, it actually are quite uncomfortable or actually can't actually answer that question because that the, the way that they frame development is completely different in Bolivia um, to how we might be conceptualising it from a kind of different perspective. And I think being able to kind of, um, being able to realise that and realise that through um, foregrounding the voices, experiences and expertise um, of others is is helpful here. And I'll just chime in and say, you know, I think this is this is one issue that cuts across school geography and then into university level geography, you know, around this um, fantastically fascinating term. And I would just say it as a big plug for development geography and why it's such an interesting topic and why for students choosing geography at university, they should make sure they've got an excellent development geography component because it's so fascinating because it's about this you know, this word that we use so freely, but actually it's defined in so many different ways and really sums up, you know, what we're actually striving for. So this idea that, you know, a country is developed full stop and it's all finished is obviously completely, is nonsense, you know, and problematic. And we can think about so many examples from the UK or America and we think, really, is this developed? Is this the end point? Um and similarly, you know, around the kinds of measures we have or the dominant ideas. So with sustainable development, you know, the dominant mode of development within that is often taken to mean growth-led development, you know, commitments to economic growth um, in ways that environmentally can be hugely problematic. And that's led for people, I mean, say that for some people to say that simply to kind of green economic growth is an oxymoron. It means sustainable development is a term that just can't possibly be sustainable. So there's all sorts of um, amazingly fascinating ways and sort of conflicts within what development might actually be. And in Latin America, it's really been sort of taken to um, really fascinating conclusions, you know, because, for example, the concept of bien vivir, or which is vivir bien in Bolivia and translates roughly as the good life, has been developed across parts of Latin America, primarily in Ecuador and Bolivia, and promoted as an indigenous ontology, as a sort of indigenous-led um, alternative to development, drawing on indigenous knowledges that have been kind of reformulated by contemporary indigenous scholars in in um to offer an alternative to this dominant idea about development as a kind of a growth-led idea about progress and change. And actually to talk about, you know, what we should actually be aiming for is not development, but something else. You know, it's about living well. It's about living well with what you've got. It's about living well within your community. It's about living well within the landscape, you know, and a totally different idea sort of to say what would happen if we just stop talking about development as this kind of linear process based around economic growth and started actually much, you know, started out on a different trajectory. So there's there's fascinating things happening in development geography and there's fascinating things happening in Latin America. 
the project you've worked on has produced a, a teaching resource that is available online and that geography teachers can access. Can I ask what age group is it for and what makes up the resource? So we've very much focused on, in terms of age group, key stage three students, so kind of those first three years of secondary school, but very much it's flexible. And I think is something that, you know, we've, we've not produced a resource that you teachers can go away and pick up and teach the next day. We've kind of brought a resource together um, that will hopefully bring um, some of the kind of debates and knowledge around this area to them in an accessible way that they can then adapt and use for themselves for their students in their classroom um, so as part of our resource we've kind of compiled it all on a website so hopefully it's easy to navigate and um, we've got the kind of first things that are very much central to the resource um, is our films and those were recorded by um, Jess when she was in Bolivia um, doing her field work and that would you know they are they are allowing us to make sure that actually school students um, do not see a kind of constructed narrative or representation of the the, the Indigenous leaders, but they actually um, get brought into conversation with the Indigenous leaders um, themselves. And so we believe, you know, being able to foreground their voices and ideas and, and kind of showing school students that um, Indigenous leaders themselves have strong views, experience and expertise um, to draw upon. And actually for us to actually value that expertise um, really matters. And across the two films, um, we ask three questions. And so there is the, the first question, how do you define um, developed? Um, which kind of allows to kind of go into the debates that kind of Jess has already unpicked a little bit. Um, the second question around how do we achieve sustainable development? And the third question being, how does resource extraction affect your territory? Um, and I should just mention, you know, it was obviously the resources made possible because of the collaboration and help of these Indigenous leaders and the organisations filmed in Bolivia. And so we're really grateful for their time, help and insights and have full acknowledgements um, to them on our website as well. Um, as part of that, we've got their interview transcripts so teachers can obviously read through and also think about the kind of questions that are really interesting and activities around some of those interviews in terms of um, getting students to engage with some of the different things that Indigenous leaders um, are kind of saying um, and also some other resources. So, for example, um, some story map um, activities, you know, the idea that we actually want to help students um, think about the significant locations in Bolivia and particularly where natural resources um, are located um, and then actually some kind of more extensive kind of PowerPoints and kind of texts which help, um, you know, give more depth to some of the kind of um, areas that we're studying. So through understanding sustainable development from Bolivia to understanding more depth, some of the resource conflicts and then going into the kind of sustainable development goals and global um, sustainability. What does the teaching resource help students to learn about sustainable development? Um, I think what it helps them to do is in learning from it from Bolivia is to first of all learn that it matters where you are, you know, that geography does matter and that there are sort of locally grounded and nationally grounded ideas about what sustainable development is and that those can be much more meaningful than these kind of broad brush definitions that you might learn from a textbook. I think Grace has already said that a in a lot of textbooks, it's just very factual about the actual SDGs themselves. And there's, there's very little context or 
exemplification. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think also the danger is that we feel like, oh, yes, we've got all these goals. Don't worry, tick, the environment's all sorted. But actually within, you know, the kind of process of trying to address climate change and habitat destruction and, and you know, some of these big global challenges that are not going away is that we can't just rely on a set of goals and think, oh, yes, we're going to achieve those goals and it's all going to be fine. Actually, sustainability and future sustainability involves a lot of difficult decisions um, about how we live, um, about, you know, who gets to live in certain ways and how other people get to live and lots of kind of environmental, social and economic questions all twined together. Grace, Jess, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to the Ask the Geographer podcast series on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. Be inspired and stay informed with the Society's wide range of resources, many of which are free. School membership unlocks access to other excellent resources, including online lectures and many other tailor-made benefits for teachers and students. Access our resources at www.rgs.org schools.